So what if like masturbation actually does make you go blind? You just have to do it good enough. I have these uh, thermal, this thermal base layer, which is a fancy word for long johns, which make it a little harder to bend at the hips and knees. And I didn't lift my leg high enough, so my foot was still caught on the hose. They're squirrely and they're resilient. And I totally fell forward onto <laughs> the concrete, splashing wow. in dirty, dirty gasoline mixed snow. Ugh. And so when they fall, it's like not that big of a deal, except for the yeah. crying. But ugh. that is hands down the the craziest masturbation story you've ever told me. Be be, be very careful. He's a Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to Shadowcast episode 17. I'm Whiskey Neon, and I'm joined tonight with Rainmaker. Hello. Mr. Chin. Howdy. Wirefall. Hey. And the amazing Zandy. Hello. Uh, Black Math may be joining us in a little bit, uh, so hopefully that'll happen. Um, but uh, did y'all do anything cool this week? Any cool events go down? DHA. Yeah, we had DHA. We had a we had a good turnout. Uh, some cool stuff. Rainmaker didn't show up. Uh, no, I was hanging out in Arkansas all weekend or all week. Yeah. Uh, oh, Waterfall. What was your favorite part of uh, of DHA this this past month? Uh, probably that we had uh, absolute noobs talk. You know, really? Uh, yeah, we actually yeah. had somebody their 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 first time there got up and talked. So that was great. Yeah. What did they talk about? Yeah, uh, he incriminated himself basically. Yep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, he's a noob. Uh, he talked about a VoIP. Uh, uh, was it? A, it was a PBX that he logged into for, in Australia, correct? Yeah. Well, they'd set up a uh, his lab. Uh, they set up a uh, uh, honeypot basically for all of the uh, toll fraud folks trying to find open PBXs. And so he had some statistics and and uh, collected attack methodologies that's pretty cool but then uh uh not quite the uh extent of uh malware must die but yeah they definitely get some attack back yeah very cool yeah pretty interesting uh and that that was just someone who walked in and uh went up there and talked so that was that was awesome um mr chin did you do something interesting this week uh dha all right well that was that was cool. How about you, Zandy? Nope. The week just kind of blurred on by. And Raymaker, you were traveling all over the place, right? Yeah, I was stuck in Arkansas most of the week. So, nothing really uh, to report. I'm sorry. Uh, I was at the Cards Against Humanity tournament for the the lab. And, well, and that, how did that go? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it, there was a great turnout. There was people who never showed up before. Uh and uh, there was a, a girl who I don't think is a member of the makerspace or hackerspace, depending on what crowd you're speaking to. Uh, she she won the laptop, and I know a lot of people were upset about that because they wanted the laptop. And 
she'd never used Linux before, so she's dual booting into Kali, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that was really funny to see. Uh, but there was what was really cool is that a guy just just pulled in the parking lot and walked up and asked, "Hey, is is this a hackerspace?" And we're like, "Yeah." And so he goes in and gets a tour while so many people are drunk. It was a little, <laughs> a little confused. <laughs> and uh, he didn't know at the time that the president of the lab was the one who was completely wasted due to him just using insulin and alcohol for the first time together. Uh, and I had to babysit. So <laughs> that entailed a hour-long journey through the streets of Plano to find his house because the address he gave me uh, months ago was to a mansion and I don't know what the context of that was I just thought that was the address to his house so I almost dropped him off at Waterfalls but uh, <laughs> ended up finding out where he lived and took him home to a not so well pleased wife so pretty eventful <laughs> uh, they raised some, some money so it was all good but yeah well if uh, no one else has anything to start us off with Guess we can move into our first segment of the show. Now it's time for the feed. All right, so four years ago, uh, the Raspberry Pi Model B uh, was announced, and it was uh, amazing. It's literally changed the way the do-it-yourself tech world has uh, gone about doing things. I remember being super excited. I'm sure all of us in here were when it was announced. Um, And since then, we've had multiple versions. And now the Raspberry Pi 3 is on sale for the same $35 price. Uh, This includes a 1.2 gigahertz 64-bit quad-core ARM Cortex-A53 CPU. uh, Integrated 802.11n wireless and Bluetooth 4.1, which is the big... Addition uh, here, um, and other than that, it's practically the same. It's, it still has one gig of RAM. Uh, the Ethernet's still tied to the USB controller, which is sad, but it's 35 bucks, so <laughs> you can't complain too much. Have uh, any of you guys uh, uh, ordered one yet? Was it, no. is it the same as all of the other releases where it doesn't matter what the specs are because you can't get your hands on one? <laughs> yeah, probably so. I actually was lucky enough to get the Raspberry Pi Zero, um, but uh, yeah, I haven't done anything with it, so I don't know what the rush was for me personally to go and get it. Um, this is one that I think that would be worth getting because of the integrated LAN uh, or WAN. You don't have to uh, have a dongle anymore. So that's nice. Freeze up a USB port. Uh, Ultimately, what I'm waiting for is PoE. Once you get PoE on those things, oh I will buy every fucking one. Well, you can sort of do it now. Uh, there are adapters. Yeah, exactly. But once you have it integrated, if we have integrated PoE, that is when it's a game changer. You know? Oh, I agree. But for thirty-five bucks. Oh, definitely. <laughs> with a ten-dollar adapter. I mean, you're still going to have to spend a lot of money to actually use it. You know, you got to have the SD card and all that stuff. So, yeah, the PoE would be an awesome feature along with USB 3.0 because then the the integrated NIC wouldn't matter uh, as far as a bottleneck on speed there. I would also like to see uh, 
uh, a proprietary non-micro USB or maybe a USB 3.1 is it that has the the new 100 watt uh, power cable uh, so that you don't have to worry about a USB hub that would be really nice because the power draw on this uh, Raspberry Pi 3 is more than the two so that limits what your USB uh, bus is going to be able to put out power wise uh, but yeah, what's the voltage on uh, PoE? It's like, what is it, 10 volts? I don't know. Uh, if they could figure out a way to do it over PoE with 10 volts, that would be adequate. But I, I think it, well, no, is that, is that uh, phantom power or PoE that's 48? 48 or 24? 48 is phantom power. I think PoE is something similar. Yeah, you're right. It is higher up. Yeah. Yeah, and depending on your switch, the wattage there, uh, as far as how many devices you can hook up. But yeah, I think you're right. It is up. It's it's higher than just 10. Yeah. Well, if we, you could get 40 volts in there, then you definitely don't have to worry about <laughs> <laughs> a hub anymore. Um, but yeah, moving on. Um, well, there was there was another today. There was another announcement, not nearly the Raspberry Pi level, but uh, from Amazon, uh, they yes. have the Echoes. Oh, okay. uh, they just announced today, today for Prime members, uh, and of course I impulse bought both of them. Um, an Amazon Dot, which is basically an Echo that's really small without the speaker, so you can plug it into uh, your home stereo and oh, have now voice control. That's awesome. And then a uh, Amazon, uh, I can't remember what they call it, Tap, uh, which doesn't have the always listen, you have to tap it, but uh, it's portable, so it's got like a nine-hour battery life. Oh, cool. Carry it around. You know, that's one thing that I really wish the Chromecast would have done uh, is have a specific audio-only style interface. Because, you know, being able to walk around your house and, and transition from listening to something, like if you're listening to uh, like one of the greatest podcasts ever, Shadowcast, and uh, you walk in your house and you're listening to it on your earbud, being able to just cast it to your stereo would be really nice and I'm assuming that's what you'll be able to do with the Echo, correct? Yes. Oh, that's that's awesome. Uh, well, speaking of Amazon, uh, they, they actually uh, announced another a feature. Well, I guess they didn't really announce it. They just did it. Uh, now with Kindle Fire, Fire Phones, and Fire TV devices um, that run Fire OS, uh, there's a new update that came out that actually uh, disables all encryption, uh, full disk encryption. So what? Yeah, yeah. So if you are a owner of those devices where you would have had your uh, FDE, uh, encryption is no longer supported in Fire OS 5. So I, I can I can see that being a concern for the Fire Phone, which what. The, those 12 users will be pissed uh. but um but the, the other stuff the tablets you know yeah, that's not a real tablet you're not using it for anything real yeah and, and apparently this update only applies to the tablet but uh i thought it was the as well uh i don't know uh, from what i uh from what i saw an update later was that it was only for the tablet okay but yeah, that that those tablets are very restrictive in what you can do with them. Uh, so, yeah, you're you're completely correct there in that one. Uh, 
one interesting piece of news is that uh, uh, former Google CEO Eric Schmidt is now going to head the Pentagon Innovation Board. So that's interesting. Uh, wait, his goal here is to uh, bring uh, innovation and best practices to the uh, military. So. <laughs> So I wonder what's more accurate in targeting ads or Hellfire missiles. Ah, uh, nice. <laughs> uh, but they announced this at RSA. Uh, what? That's weird. Yeah. Good yeah. old VendorCon. God damn it, RSA. Yeah, it's, and, and speaking of God damn it, RSA, we can just <laughs> move right into uh, their well, little... First, do you think that, that uh, move by Schmidt had anything to do with the Pentagon launching their bug bounty program? I, I honestly I don't know about that. Um, uh, it, it makes it, sense. It, it, know, it could have some correlation there, uh, but I would have thought that this would have been something that would have occurred after he would have been on the board, like something he would have introduced potentially. I don't know. Um, but one thing about that uh, bug bounty program, which is, uh, you know, the Pentagon launched a bug bounty program, but it's not actually for any of their actual production mission critical systems it is like a sandbox environment that they and to participate you have to uh, undergo a background check like all attackers exactly it's a really brilliant idea and i'm sure so many people are signing up for that one um this will probably be reflective of a normal uh government related security mission in which uh you are you are literally sandbox in this case and uh i i would love to see what the payouts actually end up being if anyone finds something this will probably be a very valuable recruiting tool um but i i can't imagine that they're putting anything in this sandbox that is actually a critical our supposedly secure system like Cipernet uh, or Nippernet level uh, stuff. Uh, it's probably just uh, uh, they've connected to the internet the San Bernardino iPhone. Nice. Nice. Yes. But yeah, the whole Pentagon's bug bounty uh, issue... Uh, I don't see how that's going to get that big of a turnout. Um, I, I, I don't know. If they're paying out a lot, maybe, but I don't know. The whole thing seems flawed, heavily flawed. So what are the details? Like, they have these sandbox systems for you to attack, and then you go report the, uh, report the vulns and everything? I mean, if those systems reflect the ones they actually use, then isn't that kind of like, you know... Hey everybody, come take a close look at all the stuff that we run in production. Well, uh, they haven't really d discussed much about it, but uh, uh, I, I I don't know. It, it, none of their sensitive stuff's going to be on it, so I don't know what the hell this is. Maybe it's just web apps or something stupid. I have no idea. Yeah, uh, I figure you're right. It's probably some kind of recruiting thing. Gotta find the hot, fresh, new millennial talent. Suck into the Pentagon. Yeah, because all the millennials want a extensive background check run. I know yeah, I do. Right. <laughs> um, I'm sure that Jester will be signing up. 
Oh God, yeah. I'm sure he. <laughs> I'm sure he's a part of the group that developed it because he's a patriot. Tango down. He's, he's, <laughs> oh, he's probably like sending them emails once every hour trying to volunteer different things no he's too busy dosing uh, extremist forums for five minutes <laughs> um, one thing that that, uh, <clears throat> that kind of goes with Google is uh, Google acquired a, a popular app called Waze that is a navigation app that's basically what they got their traction for was for uh, spotting cops and speed traps uh, until Google bought them, uh, basically. But uh, an interesting turn of events occurred with uh, the use of this app in, in Israel. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, uh, there was a Palestinian neighborhood that uh, some Israeli forces were driving through, and they were trying to rescue two soldiers who um, accidentally entered the area because of an error on their satellite navigation app, which happened to be Waze. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe it's surprising because Google always routes me right into the traffic jam. So <laughs> Yeah, there you go, yeah. Uh, and so they actually had a, uh, a, a, nice, a nice little um, gun battle due to the... <laughs> <laughs> due to ways pointing them in the wrong direction so that's that's pretty hysterical yeah uh, that's a pretty good lesson for don't just blindly follow the GPS yeah definitely I, I'm surprised that the military is actually using ways as their GPS navigation system that seems really crazy to me uh, you gotta wonder what they're using like standardized and bought if the soldiers are like using ways. They're just pulling their phone out. They're like, "Man, fuck this stupid thing. I got an app." Yeah. <laughs> they probably got some old ass. Well, I don't know. It's probably decent, but they're probably just like some shitty interface where it's like a resistive touch screen and takes forever to get a lock or whatever shitty UI. And they just say, "Fuck this." Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I don't know if y'all had seen this, but. Uh... Uh, Windows 10 being the most secure operating system ever, uh, uh, Microsoft has released some uh, actually cool-sounding uh, tech that already exists in other, uh, you know, vendors offer uh, this offering, but Microsoft is doing it as well. Uh, but they're bringing uh, post-breach detection uh, to Windows 10, uh, and it's called uh, Windows Defender Advanced Threat Protection. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, basically, uh, what they're doing is that, uh, in their research, it takes an enterprise more than 200 days to detect a security breach and 80 days to contain it. Uh, and that probably is not accurate enough that it's probably more like 20 years and some, well, well Nort Nortel Networks was infiltrated for 10 years before they noticed, uh, so, you know, but basically, yeah. this is where I can actually kind of chime in here that I, I, I don't like that response because honestly, how can I put this? Mandiant just recently, I, I talked on this last week. Mandiant talked on this in that breaches were discovered externally uh, on like 53 days versus like uh, 42. Oh, God, I'm, I'm butchering this. But anyway, 
um, there, there's no way that Microsoft can. They're, they're honestly responsible for these breaches, and the fact that they're actually kind of now reporting on it, I think, is not a good thing. You know, how can I? I <laughs> I'm so butchering this. I'm also slightly intoxicated. Oh, that works. <laughs> um. Well, I don't know if they're reporting per se on this. Uh, it's just uh, something that uh, they're offering as kind of like a, a service to compete with existing mm. endpoint uh, post-breach protection stuff. So uh, it, it's basically going to provide a way to investigate alerts and look at the entire network for signs of an attack. Like that doesn't exist from every security vendor at this point. But uh, that's going to be something that comes out um, this year. So it'll be interesting to see how long it takes for that system to be breached. And we'll used. see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, and uh, one interesting thing here uh, that kind of ties in, not directly, but it's similar here, uh, where we talked a lot about the Apple uh, situation. But in uh, Brazil, the uh, vice president of Facebook... In Latin America, Diego Dezodan. I don't. I, I never understand how to say foreign names whatsoever. But anyways, uh, uh, she has completely refused to comply with a court order to turn over data uh, and using the WhatsApp uh, application in a criminal investigation with drug trafficking, and uh, they actually went and arrested her. Uh, and uh, Facebook has said that this was an extreme and disappropriate measure. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this is uh, a case where someone has defied the government for uh, sharing user data and is now taking uh, uh, some new bracelets in a cop car. Uh, I think that's noble. I mean, I don't understand why you wouldn't just hand over information. Uh with drug trafficking, I, if there's a warrant that seems valid, if WhatsApp has the built-in into in encryption anyways, so I don't know, but I, I do think it's cool that a VP of a major company is going to jail just refusing a a, a government order to spy on users. So that's pretty awesome, and. Uh, is there any other news from anyone else? Are we? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I wouldn't have picked up anything. I gotta say, that's pretty crazy that you know an, an actual executive was arrested because I cannot remember the last time that's happened with anything like that in the states. Usually, if they do that, it's for some like you know white collar embezzling or something. Uh, Quest, Quest, he basically got screwed. Uh, the CEO's Quest got screwed over for not complying with the NSA's. Uh, th we talked about that a few weeks ago. Uh, uh, was I? I don't think I was on. I don't remember. Yeah. So, you know, that's always something to keep in mind. It can happen to any of us. Why don't we move into uh, my favorite segment of our show, Straight Out of Florida. Straight out of Dade County. So, how's this for a headline? Florida man yelling, Heil Hitler attacks woman with a four-legged cane. <laughs> yeah, keeping it classy. So, let's see. Let me read this article. 
66-year-old Boynton Beach man was arrested after he allegedly attacked a 69-year-old woman with his four-legged cane while yelling, Howl Hitler. Uh, apparently, let's see. So, the last guy's name was Spinak or something. So, a couple pulled into the gas station that he was at, at the pump across from him, and apparently they have some kind of history, homeowners association, I don't know what. So this couple pulls in, the dude goes inside to pay for gas or whatever, and this guy comes over from the other pump, yelling all kinds of Nazi shit and shoving the cane in the window at the lady and everything. She, When she first saw him, she started recording this on her phone, so I'm waiting for that to hit YouTube. But, <laughs> good God. Wow. Uh, was there any... Uh... Uh, was there any reason for this, or was it just some random nut? Oh, no. It sounds like they've got some kind of prior history, but this dude's just, like, totally out of control. Uh, let me get let me get some choice quotes. Um, let's see. The, vic the victim's husband told police he didn't realize Spinnick was in the other gas lane until he heard the man yell, Heil Hitler, and other Nazi names. <laughs> the man said he ignored <sighs> Spinnick before his wife yelled that she'd been hit by the cane. Uh, let's see, something, something, Homeowners Association. The arrest report notes that Spinnick continually stuck his tongue out at the victim and her husband as he was being taken into custody. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. As a side note here, uh, I think it's just you and me right now. <laughs> oh my god, did everybody else drop off? Yeah, like, I don't know if, if Skype's... Ah, losers. Yeah. Waterfall's on, but he cannot hear any audio, and we can't hear his audio. Is Re he on Linux? Uh, no, he's on Windows. Uh, Black... Wow, I'm on Linux and it works fine. Yeah, Black Math is uh, Jesus Christ. not answering in. Rainmaker's dropped as well, and Mr. Chin, well, he's probably asleep right now. <laughs> so, so being that... They were going to be two uh, contributors to the main topic for tonight. Why don't we go ahead and start let's that? Buy, let's buy some time. I'll go look up other Florida man <laughs> right now. No, it's fine. Let's just move into it. Ah, no, no, man. I found some good ones. Like I actually had some crazy ones to choose from. Okay, well, let's, let's give the listeners something a little extra. Might all right, well. all right, yeah. Because I missed. Did you did you guys do Florida Man? No. In the past ones. Oh. No. Ah, all right, I gotta catch up then. So here is the runner-up. Uh, here's this headline: Key West stripper refuses paid sex. Unsatisfied former lawyer wants her arrested. <laughs> um. What? <laughs> oh, he's back. The run. Oh, who's who's back? Mr. Chin is. Okay. Okay. So. Uh, a retired Massachusetts lawyer vowed to make a citizen's arrest Wednesday against a Key West stripper when she would not have sex with him or return the money he paid her. Um, <laughs> God, what a what a fucking mess. Yeah. Benitez told police Chiarity paid her $100 and she gave him a private dance. He then gave her 200 more and requested her to do more. She declined. So she goes, talks to the manager, goes into the back, you know, tries to get away from him, and he becomes aggressive and starts just, like, being belligerent and threatening and shit. So the cops get called. Uh, 
Oh, Basically, well. this this former lawyer who was apparently disbarred from Utah is outside arguing with the police that the stripper owes him money and that he's going to go in and make a citizen's arrest. Oh, wow. Yeah, and the cops say, if you do that, you're going to be arrested. <laughs> so he, he leaves a very frustrated man, $200 poorer, and without that satisfaction, he was trying to buy. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, classy. Real classy. Super classy. Well, so, so did that did that work? Did I buy us enough time? Uh, you bought us enough time to get uh, Mr. Chen back. Waterfall's still gone. Blackmath is AFK, and Rainmaker is also gone. So this is gonna be uh, a great your mom for the night. So why don't we just get it started? And if not, we'll actually have a reasonably uh, short show. It's better than nothing. Alright, so uh, we're moving into our main topic of the night, or what we like to call your mom. Come on, come all. Engaging your mom in 3, 2, 1, activate. As a systems engineer, a lot of times I see um, customers that'll be, oh, I want to patch my application, I want to patch easily, and I want to go off and do these things, and I want to make sure that I'm free against SQL injections and blah, 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 but they completely ignore the kernel. And that has proven to be completely bullshit um, in a number of occasions. Uh, Over the years, uh, the kernel has been... uh, a natural prime target for all sorts of denial of service um, vulnerabilities, remote code execution, and that sort of thing. Um, the, some of these uh, exploits uh, have been through the kernel core code itself, but the majority of them are introduced through additional modules. Um, and a lot, a lot of times, you know, part of the security audits and posture does not involve removing those extra modules like Bluetooth, for example. Uh, Blackmath, when when you and I uh, worked together back in, I'm not sure if you were working at that location at the time, but you probably remember back in August of 2009 when that uh, Bluetooth um, remote code execution vulnerability hit the Linux kernel. You know which one I'm talking about? Uh, No, not in particular, but I have other stories from the same place. And uh... (laughs) anyway... with, with similar similar results anyway um that one sticks out in my mind in particular i happen to be working and that turned into a nightmare in any event um you know tonight it's really important to especially these days it's really important to make sure that when you're analyzing your security posture you're you are in fact going through and making sure that none of the modules that you don't need are loaded um i would go so far as to strip out any unnecessary hardware modules and if you can get the kernel down to the point where only boot to your specific needs uh in virtualized environment or in environments where you're deploying for multiple machines that is a little more difficult um but but there are other things like bluetooth and wireless and and ham radio for that matter that really isn't necessary i mean are you really going to be doing ham radio communications on a server in a data center um I, I'm not. Maybe. I mean, if you're cool, yeah. But um, I have a couple so wait, friends that would. But not so what you're saying is uh, patch management is not enough. Right. Patch management is not enough. 
um, it never has been enough in all, in all honesty, but we're, we're reaching the point where, uh, somebody has to say it's not enough and I'm getting tired of people saying, but I patched, but I patched. Oh man, you, you, you live in like, like, yeah, <laughs> you, you live in like fantasy land or like, you know, the, you live in, uh, oh, what's, what's the word? Uh, a Walgreens world. Like a utopia. Yeah. Well, like Walgreens, like for people to say, oh, but I already patched. That's 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 rare. Like where, where, where I'm at. <laughs> it's like just trying to get people on some sort of patch management. Even mindset is uh, sometimes like, like pulling teeth. Well, yeah. well, well, what what patch management systems uh, are 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 easy enough for for people to do at scale. I mean, sysadmins can do stuff that you know a lot of other people. But you know, like a lot of a lot of your your users of cloud infrastructure, or even uh, like a VPS, or uh, uh, hell, even uh, a dedicated server. Uh, the, a lot of these people are developers, or or don't necessarily know the security side of things, and of course, patch management. Hardly ever happens unless something really big happens. And, and that's true. But in the interest of keeping my job, my recommendation is to hire somebody who knows what they're doing. Well, true. But you have to admit that for, <laughs> it, if you have multiple servers and stuff, patch management is It becomes a nightmare. Yeah. Like that's it, one thing. It's that not we, just ease of use. You know, it's also how inclusive those patch management systems are. I mean, are they patching third-party applications? Right. And that, yep. that, that's very true. I can't tell you how many times I've seen a database server, uh, uh, you know, a, a Red Hat-based database server, and, and yum excludes. It's all, hey, we're going to exclude half the frickin' box and then expect it to patch fully. Well, yeah. Um, and there are products. That's where I say that Windows is actually better with the patch management stuff as far as built-in. Uh, I know that sounds insane, but WSUS, you can have... Uh, a single point group policies in place where you can patch all your servers really easily and on Linux you have stuff like chef and puppet yeah but it's yep. not necessarily the easiest thing to set up configure and deploy for a lot of people we actually rolled out SCCM ah. which uh, <clears throat> you know our team uh, was the uh, we're the guinea pigs just because so we all install uh SCCM on our machines and I mean it went pretty smooth but you know they they, they force updates at a particular time I mean you can uh, reboot and things like that beforehand but there have been a couple of times where I've been in the middle of something and it's like hey you're rebooting right now in the middle of the day I'm guessing that's you know just configuration uh tweaking that they'll need to do but i immediately searched for sccm memes on the internet <laughs> and there are a lot there are a lot my uh my particular employer does something very similar it might be the same technology i'm not honestly i haven't looked into it much but we're at the point where if you don't install certain updates by you know your specific deadline you you're isolated from the network and that's the end of the discussion yeah uh in 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 my uh, company, I use GFI LandGuard, and that's that's really nice because I can manage both Windows and Linux uh, systems in uh, one interface, and that also includes third-party applications as well. 
I thought you were going to say you can manage the productivity of certain employees. Uh, no, unfortunately. Uh, I, I guess you can by making sure that servers are still online, but uh, yeah. There, there are products out there and solutions, but it's not necessarily easy for a lot of people to do. I mean, Puppet and Chef, it's not something that you could expect someone who's just using a Docker instance to grasp. Well, quite frankly, if you're using Docker, throw security out the window. <laughs> well, if you're just grabbing a Docker image from some website, yes. If you create your own, you can do it right. Right, but what about user land? I mean... Oh, I understand, but... I mean, you know... It, it, it's... It, you, you've got usability... That's another year, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> Docker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for real. Uh... But that's that's uh, that's one of those situations where people are trying to find ways to deploy and uh, theoretically update easier. And if if uh, central management tools were easier to use, I think that might actually help out a whole lot. I mean, I'm being optimistic oh, yeah. in that regard, but I can tell you that a lot of um, Windows-based enterprises are patching every month on Patch Tuesday, or more realistically, Wednesday or Thursday, to make sure that everything operates correctly uh but with uh linux systems there's a lot that don't get updated for years uh as shodan will tell you so yeah <laughs> but that's that's no different than the than you know your your windows xp machines that you'll see floating out there these days that are still in some cases, although I haven't seen it recently, but they don't have Service Pack 2 installed. I mean, if you want to make parallels, that's the that's the equivalent. True, but I, I would argue that there's probably uh, a lot more servers that are uh, vulnerable uh, as far as not patching, I should say, uh, for Linux than there are Windows 2003 publicly facing servers that haven't been patched. I mean, at least before June of last year. I don't know. It's probably a wrong statement, but I would I would probably reckon it, it would feels be that. right. Yeah, it feels <laughs> right. That's all yeah, that really matters. <laughs> <laughs> if if this political uh, theater that we've had uh, this past year for the election has any indication, if it feels right, then it's true. It's the truthiness. Oh, it's the Facebook motto. Yeah. Now, uh, one other thing to I guess throw on top of that is you were talking about disabling modules. Yeah, I would also say that uh, when you're using uh, virtualization uh, on the hypervisor level, that's definitely something you want to look at if you're using Zen or KVM. Um, oh yeah, and especially uh, things like uh, I don't know your your floppy disk. Uh, do you are you ever needing to have a floppy disk in a VM? Uh, exactly if, like those. Uh... Oh, was it last year? Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Venom. Venom, yeah. Uh, the big attack that... Uh, how many hypervisors were affected by that? Damn near all of them. Uh, and that was because of the floppy disk uh, drive code. So, was that ever really needed for anyone? Maybe a couple of people, but not every single data center... Uh, in the world, for the most part, did not need a floppy drive in their VMs. So, so if you have like an imaging and deployment uh, solution, the key is to make sure that you are thorough 
when developing your images, right? Yeah. And then it's not a pain <laughs> in the ass so much. So when you're making your Docker images, <laughs> um, so is that all you've got, Mr. Chin? Yeah, more or less. I mean, I've got colorful okay. rants and, and color commentary, but that was that was the gist of it. Well, we'll are there any uh, particular modules that uh, are? Oh, I don't know. Usually included by default in pre-compiled kernels that uh, you would recommend removing, other than like useless things, but maybe dangerous things or anything in particular you know of. Um, the one that keeps coming back to my mind is Bluetooth. Um. I mean, there are some cases where, where, and this this is something to keep in mind here is, um, the only one I can think of is Bluetooth. Uh, there are Fire. cases like um, Firewire. Firewire, thank you. That's another one um, where you may use it on a laptop, but again, why is it needed in a server environment? Um, it's really just going to require you to do an LS mod or whatever, just to look at the loaded modules and say, do I really need this? Google is your friend. Um, yeah, like the IW wireless modules on the right, server. Yeah. yeah. And, and, to, and to be able to know what to uh, disable, just type in LS mod, and that'll show you all the modules that are loaded. And, uh, and if you uh, see uh, that it says used by, and it says in the value is zero, then that, that, that means that there's no applications or processes that, that are actually using that module. So, uh... Sometimes they, there's kind of a daisy chain, though. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but if you know for sure something's not going to be in there, it'll actually... I mean, I'm sure it's minuscule, but you, you could boost performance by disabling certain modules as well. Because uh, oh, oh. you're not loading so much in memory. Well, if you're in, if you're in charge of uh, OS and kernel level stuff for like an enterprise, you probably should know what modules uh, you need for what servers or what workstations, and you know what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. And hell, you can even do the same in Apache. Uh, if you're running Apache, you can disable oh, yeah, a lot of modules. Software. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of modules that will. Like if you're just installing a default LAMP stack, there's a lot of modules in Apache that you can disable to try to minimize an impact there uh, as well. Well, while we're on this topic, uh, also, how about you uninstall those fucking WordPress plugins that you don't use anymore <laughs> that you were trying out for a day? Oh, or WordPress, <laughs> for that matter. Or WordPress. <laughs> or Joomla. <laughs> yeah, Joomla, WordPress. Um, HTML for life. PHP BB. That's uh, still a thing. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> um, what else? Is that all? I, yeah, I, that's yeah. That's it. But speaking of uh, vulnerable software uh, implementations, one of our favorite things uh, that we've been discovering a lot of vulnerabilities in since uh, was it 2014 with Heartbleed. You seem to have all kinds of cool shit like freaking logjam and now drown and now drown drown so zandy why don't you tell us why would you, why would you, why do we give a fuck about drown because it's the hot new thing and all the cool kids are doing it is there a <laughs> logo or like a there is it, it's yeah it, it's a it's they... a padlock that's unlocked 
with a like crack in it and like water floating like it's drowning there, there had to be water yeah yeah they didn't go like over the top or nothing yeah it's not something you'd put on a shirt like no, no theme songs or anything yet <laughs> yeah, no theme songs, no like feature-length films in the works. Um, it's pretty cool. I kind of skimmed over the paper real quick. I didn't really get into the details, but uh, like the uh, like the logjam attack, it features some of the local talent, uh, Halderman and David Adrian, and maybe some other people in Ann Arbor. I don't know, but it's a pretty neat paper. Um, the two big takeaways I'd say are first off. SSL version 2, I mean, it's been known to be bad for a long time. It shouldn't be used, and for the most part, it's not used. But if the code is still there, and the software is actually still capable of doing it, then it's still an issue. Um, but the interesting thing with the attack is there were kind of... There were kind of two different attacks in play. The first one focused on actual protocol flaws in SSL version 2. And what it did is it found a way to use... Um, the SSL version 2 support as a cross-protocol attack. So what an attacker could do is collect a lot of TLS connections to a server and then on their own uh, make connections, I believe, using SSL version 2 to the server. Uh, do some fancy math that I didn't really read into and basically use the SSL version 2 support to uh, make an oracle out of the server so that after they do quite a bit of computation, but enough to where it's feasible, they can decrypt a TLS connection. And it sounded like it wasn't any arbitrary TLS connection, but only certain ones. But still, that's a, you know, it's a flaw that shouldn't be there. Um, and so the cool thing with that is that's at the protocol level, so it doesn't matter what library you're actually using for your SSL connections. Yeah. And, uh, and to put things in perspective, SSL was deprecated. I, I believe Bill Clinton was still in office. So yeah. <laughs> was that uh, pre-blowjob or post-blowjob? <laughs> it's it's undetermined. The, and, but but it also brings up another relevant point with uh, um, the uh, the whole FBI demanding backdoors. Uh, the whole reason we have logjam and drown and all of these was because of export grade encryption requirements correct right oh yeah definitely in oh. fact they actually at the very end of their paper they have a little discussion section where they bring that up among other things yeah uh, the whole going dark phrase which I, I like the idea of it because once you go dark you don't go back uh. <laughs> <laughs> not if you're any good yeah otherwise then what's oh. the point exactly <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a really, you know, yet another great example of why intentionally weakening cryptography is a really bad idea. And it's good to see academic, academics continuing to, uh, you know, try to fucking make that point to people. Like we saw with the, uh, what was that? The Senate Judiciary Committee? Oh, yeah, the big flirt session. Yeah, uh, I gotta say, Dr. Landau is a badass. But, um... That, I guess that's getting distracted. Uh, so, so with Drown, that was the interesting general SL version 2 attack. Uh, but there was also actually a, a flaw in OpenSSL 
that would make the attack way easier. So the general drown attack on SSL version 2, um, it at least took some decent resources. The paper they cite, uh, well, they, they don't cite, but they say about 400 bucks in Amazon EC2 was used to compute offline to decrypt a TLS connection. Uh, but if the server was using a vulnerable version of OpenSSL, they could basically do that on a single core system. And it reduced the attack to the point where they could do it live to decrypt TLS connections. Uh, wow. Um, uh, there was, there's some interesting caveats with this attack, like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. Like, um, if there's multiple servers that share private keys, even if, you know, like, all but one of them don't support SSL version 2, the attacker could attack the SSL version 2 server right and decrypt TL potentially decrypt TLS connections to the other ones if they share private keys now that doesn't mean they can get the private keys but it means that the vulnerability can have an attack surface that's that's more than just the one service yeah and that's where they uh, actually did a scan of the entire internet and uh, in that scan they showed that 17% of HTTPS servers allow SSL v2 and with the private key sharing the private key in that specific attack scenario, uh, an additional 17, 16% uh, of HTTPS servers were, were vulnerable because of the, uh, you know, that specific aspect of the attack uh, where they could uh, bring up the number to 33% of all HTTPS servers. So that's, that's a significant amount of servers affected by this. Wait. Did I hear correct? You're saying 16% of all the uh, HTTPS servers on the internet share a private key? They share the the private key with a uh, another server that allows SSL v2 connections. So, say you're using uh, the the you you know you're you're doing best practices and using TLS, and uh, but you still have a other server that's using SSL v2 using the same private key. Uh, that makes so you're, you vulnerable. You're, you're not using best practices. Well, you're true. sharing private keys with 60% well, of the internet servers. No, I mean, no, 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 think no, about no. think about what if you have multiple HTTP servers behind a load balancer or you know something right. like that. No, I wasn't saying that they were sharing the, the private key with 16% of HTTPS servers. What I was saying was is that 17% um, were still using SSL v2 directly and... Uh, a secondary server uh, like your email server that would allow SSL v2 um, that had the same private key as a TLS you know best practices web server was vulnerable due to being able to uh, you know that, that other side channel I guess you could say attack uh, so it brought an additional 16% of servers to be vulnerable instead of just the normal 17 Basically, if you use a private key uh, that's the same on a SSL v2 server that's like your mail server, and you're using that same private key on a web server, even though the web server is not vulnerable, which, it is now because of the uh, mail server. Which I'm saying isn't best, best practice, right? I mean, why are you sharing the same private key? 
because you have to buy certificates maybe. Yeah, yeah. let's encrypt this. Or, or maybe that's just the way the server is set up is they assume if the, you know, if you're talking SMTP and HTTP, what if those are both on the same box and they say, oh, well, it's the same certificate. I mean. Yeah, uh, like OWA, for example. I mean, IIS is vulnerable, <laughs> but that's an example, theoretically, of where that would be applicable. Um, your, your load balancer scenario is a good one. Yeah. The, the, the load balancer I, I get, you know, because you're, you're sharing the same connections, but with a different type of server, you know, was brought up mail and your web server, I just don't understand why you'd be using the same. Well, what if you have a uh, wildcard? It, it's like using, you know, using uh, the same passwords for all of your admin accounts. It's just not something you should do. Well, a lot of yeah. people have wildcard SSL certs. And so... Don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> and, but this shit's expensive, yo. Like, before Let's Encrypt, the, the cheapest SSL cert was like 15 bucks. And, I mean, I know with cost of business, you'd actually need to pay more, but still, it, the barrier to entry is, it used to be, uh, where you had to pay money for the shittiest cert. And it was still 15 bucks a year, which isn't that much. But yeah, they make new types of certs and uh, extort you for more money. Yeah. Because <laughs> you won't look as trustworthy if you don't buy the special EV cert. Exactly. It's insane. Gold-plated certs. It may not have been best practices, but <laughs> but if you're running an e-commerce site selling your homemade jewelry, I wouldn't expect best practices in that scenario anyways. Yeah, and on, honestly, when they say like that percentage of the internet, think about how many services could be listening on the internet. Yeah, exactly. How, how much shit's running that somebody's just forgotten about, or something that they actually bring up themselves are embedded devices that will never be updated. Yeah. Well, and that's where I was wondering if the number comes from a lot of the embedded devices, because or, or the home routers where they they all share the same ah uh, uh, private key. That would Which be is awful. That would be hilarious, yeah. actually. Uh, like the self-signed certs. Yeah. yeah. For your remote web admin. <laughs> That's not a problem because a lot of those don't even uh, don't even encrypt, right? Yeah, true. So it's yeah, an interesting it's a... attack. Yeah, it's what? actually really interesting. I recommend, uh, if you're interested in the technical details, to go check out the paper. Um Actually, if you run a server, you should just go check out the FAQ and their quick run-through. Um, so that way, whatever servers you administer, you can make sure you get things fixed properly. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, on their website, drownattack.com, you can click on uh, the check. And when they did their scan, they, they have like a searchable database. So you can put in your uh, domain and check for at the time of their scan if it was vulnerable for it. Now it's not a live updating one, so if you updated your server, then it's not going to reflect that. But if it was vulnerable at the time of the scan, it'll tell you that specifically. Yeah, something uh, else they mentioned. Oh, go on. Uh, when we were, uh, when we heard about Drown and we were kind of looking at uh, seeing if, uh, not certain servers. We were looking to see if our border IDS IPS would, uh, uh, if the signature was working to pick up SSL v2 connections. Uh, discovered that Kali Linux, or actually Debian 
what Kali's based on, uh, has uh, uh, OpenSL Open patched to disable SSL v2. So if you try and use OpenSSL and you force with the uh, dash SSL2 argument, it's just going to fail. Um, <laughs> and we're wondering what the hell's going on. Uh, but apparently, uh, last year, what uh, the developers of uh, what Offensive Security did was they started shipping a version of SSL scan that uh, statically links against libopenSSL, so you can use SSL v2 and v3 with SSL scan instead. So if you're going to try and test things out and you're using a Debian variant or Debian, uh, it's not going to work with just the open SSL command. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I think we were actually looking at this uh, and I think it was some issue where like they would remove they removed the SSL v2 symbols so you couldn't actually call into open SSL to do the old stuff, but it might have been still supported internally. Which is why even if servers were supposed to you know, not support it anymore, it would still work. Um, but an interesting thing is that LibreSSL was actually not vulnerable to most of this because they went through and ripped out a bunch of that SSL version 2 code, you know, ages ago. Yeah. I was talking about the uh, the OpenSSL, the, the S client. Right. Uh -huh. So like if you try to connect to like say a web server with OpenSSL, on the command line and you force SSL to, it's going to fail. Um, you used to be able to recompile, like uh, remove the patch, but apparently now it's upstream and everything. So, uh, One thing I wanted to point out with that uh, drown attack scanner, I said that it wasn't live. Uh, what it does is it doesn't bring any new servers, but they will actually update and scan for your server uh, or your domain. Uh, when you run it and it caches it for 15 minutes. So you can know that if, like, you know, say you check it, you fix it, wait, like, 15, 20 minutes and then run it again and it'll check for you. So these sites where they have these checkers, I mean, for every vulnerability, like, you have sites that pop up, like, check your, you know, check your servers to see if they're vulnerable to this or that. Um, I wonder how many of them store that information. And two, I wonder how... <laughs> hard they get attacked <laughs> well i thought it was what a beautiful list for you know any sort of uh i actually found well. something really funny with their checker um <coughs> i was i was looking up shadow.systems to see if, if it was vulnerable and <laughs> and there's a bug in their code uh and so i it's listed every single dot systems domain that they've scanned and there's so many that are vulnerable <laughs> Submit a bug report. No, no, I'm just gonna let it be. Oh uh, no, should I? I give I you mean, a free T-shirt. Pound, pound anti-sec right there. <laughs> I I can go tell him if you want me to. Like I I know some of the guys. No, I, I don't want any. I want this to continue. All new TLDs. So <laughs> I got my proton mail account. I'm I'm just gonna go tell him that there's bugs and he should fix them. I won't tell him what. What's funny is you can just put in any search uh, term. Uh, like I put in dot email and it's pulling up all kinds of various things, not just the oh, dot that's email. Funny. Dot Dude, email that's TLD. that's got to be like it doesn't handle the uh, the TLDs, right? Yeah, the new it, TLDs. If it's vulnerable to uh, some sort of injection, then. Well, uh, yeah, let's find yeah, out yeah, if yeah. they sanitize their inputs, and we'll do that after the show. 
I only hack people who are on the show. Oh, that wasn't hacking. It was dosing, but still. We don't <laughs> attack people who aren't on the show. <laughs> While the show's like, on. Yeah, hey, did uh, Mr. Chin drop out? Yeah, he did it again, that fucking asshole. He should say goodbye. He, he really should. It, it's ridiculous. He's still online. I know. He's a dick. <laughs> but, uh... What if he just fell asleep at the keyboard? No, because he dropped off on purpose. So, anyways, uh, anything else to add with this drown attack? Any uh, other? I don't know, but I mean, now that you mentioned their scanning tool, yeah, if you want to go scan yourself, I would trust their tool over anyone else's because it's coming straight from the horse's mouth there. Yeah. Because, uh... you know, in case any other, you know, wacky tools pop up, you know, check me for drownattack.com or whatever. And then they just try to attack you. <laughs> That's actually <laughs> something with the Google AdSense campaign. We should do that. Yeah. <laughs> just make a list. Uh, yeah. That would have been really funny for Heartbleed. If it's like, am I vulnerable to heartbleed.com? And then it just attacks the server you give it and spits out memory contents. <laughs> <laughs> well there are there is a website where you can uh, go to check your uh, your uh, SSL configuration on a per server basis and it's the SSLlabs.com oh, yeah and what's really think... funny is if you do not check the the little checkbox there to do not show the results on the boards it'll actually yeah. post your search it's publicly listed <laughs> yeah so it, it shows that recently seen recent best and recent worst which is hilarious because <laughs> you will find I, I fell victim to that once oh no i didn't see the checkbox until afterwards and i thought oh shit and it was a, a dev a dev vpn instance which we subsequently patched and then closed off to the uh to the public internet <laughs> <laughs> well what i found is funny is that the, the top worst that, that's on the page right now with an f rating uh is ap.www.namecheap.com which is a, what which is a major domain registrar so yeah i have i have i think two domains with them yeah so all my domains you might want to check that out they're vulnerable to poodle so the uh, poodle yeah <laughs> What? Did you say ap.www? Yeah, ap.www.namecheap.com. I don't know, but I'm sure you can find out. <laughs> so, yeah. The furious typing. <laughs> so, Wirefall, you've got anything to add to all of this madness? Login page. On uh, <clears throat> pen test engagements I'm on, where uh, I, this is a pet peeve of mine. Uh, a penetration test is a depth first activity, right? Uh, and SSL, unless I'm a loud man in the middle, other than Heartbleed and some esoteric ones, uh, there is no way in hell I'm using the vulnerability. I'm not a man in the middle. But I, our methodology is we report all findings, which means I have to vet all findings. I fucking hate everything SSL. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> you know, I, sp I spend half my time documenting SSL vulnerabilities that I can't exploit in a pen test. So, uh, 
So, Wonderful. so, so you'd rather it just not be encrypted? I just wish they'd stop. Yeah, I wish they'd stop finding them, so I don't have to report them. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Pound anti-sec right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Zandy, are you going to uh, hang out with these guys and and correct them on their math? Uh, I really doubt I could. They're way better <laughs> at math than me. You plug your crypto party. Yeah. I could. I have. Uh, <laughs> I'll go check with them. I actually plugged your crypto party um, to a couple of students who are applying for an intern position with us. Oh, shit. Wait, students yeah. there or students here? There. Or here for me, there for you. Wait. Nearby. <laughs> 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 okay. Oh, yeah, over in my area. Well, what's the... One was a computational mathematics major, and he said crypt, uh, crypto looked interesting. He oh, said, cool. hey, if you're ever uh, in Ann Arbor, go check this out. Well, we'll, we'll see if more people show up. That'd be cool. I don't know. I think he was lying to us as far as what he was interested in. Just wanted a job. Yeah, that's probably, that's probably but, the best way to go about doing it. But I'm plugging it. Plug it all day. And so, uh, uh, if people would like to in the Ann Arbor area go to a uh, crypto party, what's the domain for that? Actually, there's a new hip, cool, fancy, easy to remember domain for that. Yeah, what is it? It's uh, a two crypto dot party. And speaking of dot party, I searched for drowned vulnerabilities, and uh, there was only one for a uh, a wedding a wedding party. <laughs> 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 so uh, there's that. You know, I'm really bummed out that I missed the uh, the feed tonight. Well, it's you, okay. It sucked. Go ahead well, and. and uh, no, I, I had cents. a tiny URL for that uh, Department of Department of Defense uh, uh, bug bounty. Well, why don't you give it to us? Okay, if you want to read the actual release from the DoD, it's uh, tinyurl.com/slash/upperdecker2016. <laughs> that sounds incredible. All right. Well, I guess we can wrap this up since uh, Rainmaker is gone. Mr. Chin disappeared too. Yeah. Wait, we're we're getting done and it's only like 1 a.m. Eastern. Yeah, I know it's incredible. This means I get oh, to man. have a somewhat decent amount of sleep tonight. That's actually awesome. We need to have our shit together more often. It's gonna be such a good Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Oh God, I know. Maybe we should just for now on uh, just do shitty shows and we won't have to worry about it. That'd be tight. <laughs> we should find someone to call. Next time, who could we call though? Uh, do do interviews. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're looking at it. We we're talking. There's some good things in the pipeline as far as the interviews uh, uh, go. We're gonna have um, some really awesome people uh, who are experts in their respective fields uh, that aren't necessarily directly security related, but do have uh, you know. Uh, you'll you'll just see you'll just see it's really cool you'll take my word for it like I'm Donald Trump you're gonna take my word for it it's gonna be awesome hey is Rainmaker <laughs> back nice is who Rainmaker says I, he's back no I I'm trying calling him but it's not doing anything oh um, I see but so what yeah. you're telling me is 
you're gonna get guests to make Shadowcast great again. Yes, we're gonna bring it back <laughs> to the glory days of episode two, where we actually have awesome uh, content. So uh, stick stick around, and and we'll have awesome stuff. Uh, so yeah, your mom. yeah, your mom will never be the same. Awesome things to fill your mom. <laughs> Do you want, you want more numbers from Twitter? No, no, we're not doing that tonight. Let's just wrap this up. Uh, <laughs> oh, actually, we're so excited to get I, off. Yeah, I'm always excited to get off, too. Um, but I'm, from your mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Oh. All this moaning, god damn. All right, oh. so, well, that's it. You got any parting words, Zandy? No, I I don't. You need to come up with something, man. I need a catchphrase. You already got it. You're the BBW Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> what did I miss? Yeah. Uh, and oh. Black Math, what's your closing words? Oh, oh, shit. Whoa, man. I, I, I don't know. You left me speechless with BBW Slayer. So. Uh, That's actually what they say to him. I'm the king of 9x. <laughs> and Waterfall, what's your uh, closing words? Good night. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, that's it from all of us at Shadow Systems. As always, we encourage you to hack the planet. Shadow Systems.